Chapter 4 Tyson Plays with Fire Mythologically speaking, if there's anything I hate worse than trials of old ladies, it's bulls. Last summer, I fought the Minotaur on top of Half-Blood Hill. This time, what I saw up there was even worse. Two bulls. And not just any regular bulls. Bronze ones, the size of elephants. And if even that wasn't bad enough, naturally, they had to breathe fire too. As soon as we exited the taxi, the Grey Sisters peeled out, heading back towards New York, where life was safer. They didn't even wait for their extra three drachma payment. They just left us on the side of the road. Annabeth with nothing but her backpack and knife, Tyson and me still in our burnt up tie-dyed gym clothes. Oh man, said Annabeth, looking at the battle raging on the hill. What worried me most weren't the bulls themselves or the ten heroes in full battle armor who were getting their bronze-plated booties whooped. What worried me was the bulls was that the bulls were ranging all over the hill, even around the backside of the pine tree. That shouldn't have been possible. The camp's magic boundaries didn't allow monsters to cross past Thalia's tree. But the metal bulls were doing it anyway. One of the heroes shouted, Border Patrol to me! A girl's voice, gruff and familiar. Border Patrol? I thought the camp didn't have a Border Patrol. It's Clarice, Annabeth said. Come on, we have to help. Normally, rushing to Clarice's aid wouldn't have been high on my to-do list. She was one of the biggest bullies at camp. The first time we'd met, we'd met, she tried to introduce my head to a toilet. She was also a daughter of Ares, and I had a serious disagreement with her father last summer. So now, the god of war and all his children basically hated my guts. Still, she was in trouble. Her fellow warriors were scattering, running in panic as the bulls charged. The grass was burning in huge swaths around the pine tree. One hero screamed and waved his arms as he ran in circles. The horsehair plume on his helmet blazing like a fiery mohawk. Clarice's own armor was charred. She was fighting with a broken spear shaft, the other end embedded uselessly in the metal joint of one bull's shoulder. I uncapped my ballpoint pen. It shimmered, growing longer and heavier until I held the bronze sword. Anaclosmos in my hand. Tyson, stay here. I don't want you taking any more chances. No, Annabeth said. We need him. I stared at her. He's mortal. He got lucky with the dodgeballs, but he can't. Percy, do you know what those are? The colchis bulls, made by Hephaestus himself. We can't find... Fight them without media's sunscreen SPF 50,000. We'll get burned to crisp. Media's what?
Annabeth rummaged through her backpack and cursed. I had a jar of tropical coconut scent sitting on my nightstand at home. Why didn't I bring it? I'd learned a long time ago not to question Annabeth too much. It just made me more confused. Look, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm not gonna let Tyson get fried. Percy! Tyson, stay back. I raised my sword. I'm going in. Tyson tried to protest, but I was already running up the hill towards Clarice, who was yelling at her patrol, trying to get get them into phalanx formation. It was a good idea. The few who were listening lined up, shoulder to shoulder, locking their shields to form an oxhide and bronze wall. Their spears bristling over the top like porcupine quills. Unfortunately, Clarice could only muster six stampers. The other four were still running around with their helmets on fire. Annabeth ran towards them, trying to help. She taunted one of the bulls into chasing her, then turned invisible, completely confusing the monster. The other bull charged Clarice's line. I was halfway up the hill, not close enough to help. Clarice hadn't even seen me yet. The bull moved quickly. Its metal hide gleamed in the sun. It had fist-sized rubies for eyes and horns of polished silver. When it opened its hinged mouth, a column of white-hot flame blasted out. Hold the line, Clarice ordered her warriors. Whatever else you could say about Clarice, she was brave. She was a big girl with cruel eyes like her father's. She looked like she was born to wear Greek battle armor. But I didn't see how even she could stand against the bull's charge. Unfortunately, at that moment, the other bull lost interest in finding Annabeth. It turned, wheeling around behind Clarice on her unprotected side. Behind you, I yelled, look out. I shouldn't have said anything because all I did was startle her. Bull number one crashed into her shield and the phalanx broke. Clarice went flying backwards and landed in a smoldering patch of grass. The bull charged past her but not before blasting the other heroes with its fiery breath. Their shields melted right off their arms. They dropped their weapons and ran as bull number two closed in on Clarice for the kill. I lunged forward and grabbed Clarice by the straps of her armor. I dragged her out of the way just as bull number two fright trained past. I gave it a good swipe with Riptide and cut a huge gash in its flank. But the monster just creaked and groaned and kept going on. It hadn't touched me, but I could feel the heat of its metal skin. Its body temperature could have microwaved a frozen burrito. Let me go, Clarice pummeled at my hand. Percy, curse you! I dropped her in a heap next to the pine tree and turned to face the bulls. We were on the inside slope of of Half-Blood Hill now. The valley 
of camp half blood directly below us the cabins the training facilities the big house all of it at risk if we let these bulls get past us and a bit shouted orders to the other heroes telling them to spread out and keep the bulls distracted bull number 1 ran a wide arc making its way back towards me as it passed the middle of the hill where the invisible boundary line should have kept it out it slowed down a little as a struggling against a strong wind but then it broke through the barrier and kept coming bull number 2 turned to face me fire sputtering from the gash at cut in its side i couldn't tell if it felt any pain but its ruby eyes seemed to glare at me like i just made things personal i couldn't fight both bulls at the same time i'd have to take down bull number 2 first cut its head off before bull number 1 charged back into range my arms already felt tired i realized how long it had been since i'd worked out with riptide how out of practice i was i lunged at bull number 2 but it blew flames at me i rolled aside as the air turned to pure heat all the oxygen was sucked out of my lungs my foot caught on something a tree root maybe and pain shot up my ankle i managed to slash with my sword and lop off part of the monster's snout as it galloped away wild and disoriented but before i could feel too good about that i tried to stand and my left leg buckled underneath me my ankle was sprained maybe broken bull number 1 charged straight towards me no way i could crawl out of its path anbeth shouted tyson help him somewhere near towards the crest of the hill tyson wailed can't get through i i and the chase give you permission to enter the camp thunder shook the hillside suddenly tyson was there barreling towards me yelling percy needs help before i could tell him no he dived between me and the bull just as it unleashed a nuclear firestorm tyson i yelled the blast swirled around him like a red tornado i could only see the black silhouette of his body i knew with horrible certainty that my friend had just been turned into a column of ashes but when the fire died tyson was still standing there completely unharmed not even his grungy clothes were scorched the bull must have been as surprised as i was because before it could unleash a second blast tyson balled his fists and slammed them in the bull's face bad cow bad cow he shouted his fists made a clear the his fists made a crater where the bronze bull snout used to be two small columns of flame shot out of its ears tyson hit it again and the bronze crumbled under his hands like aluminium foil the bull's 
Face now look like a sock puppet, pulled inside out. Down, Tyson yelled. The bull staggered and fell on its back. Its legs moved feebly in the air, steam coming out of its ruined head in odd places. Annabeth ran over to check on me. My ankle felt like it was filled with acid, but she gave me some Olympian nectar to drink from her canteen and I immediately started to feel better. There was a burning smell that I later learned was me. The hair on my arms had been completely singed off. The other bull, I asked. Annabeth pointed down the hill. Clarice had taken care of bad cow number two. She impaled it through the back leg with a celestial bronze spear. Now it's snout half gone and a huge gash in its side. It was trying to run, go in. It was trying to run in slow motion, going in circles like some kind of merry-go-round animal. Clarice pulled off her helmet and marched towards us. A strand of her stringy brown hair was smoldering. But she didn't seem to notice. You ruin everything, she yelled at me. I had it under control. I was too stunned to answer. Annabeth grumbled. Good to see you too, Clarice. Ugh, Clarice screamed. Don't ever, ever try to save me again. Clarice, Annabeth said, you've got wounded campers. That sobered her up. Even Clarice cared about the soldiers under her command. I'll be back, she growled, then trudged off to assess the damage. I stared at Tyson. You didn't die. Tyson looked down like he was embarrassed. I'm sorry, I came to help. Disobe disobeyed you. My fault, Annabeth said. I had no choice. I had to let Tyson cross the boundary line to save you. Otherwise, you would have died. Let him cross the boundary line? I asked. But Percy, she said, have you ever looked at Tyson closely? I mean, in the face, ignore the mist and really look at him. The mist makes humans see only what their brains can process. I knew it could fool demigods too, but... I looked at Tyson in the face. It wasn't easy. I had always, always had trouble looking directly at him, though I'd never quite understood why. I thought it was just because he was all because he always had peanut butter in his crooked teeth. I forced myself to focus at his big lumpy nose, then a little higher at his eyes. No, not eyes. One eye. One large calf brown eye, right in the middle of his forehead, with thick eyelashes and big tears trickling down his, down his cheeks on either side. Tyson, I stammered, you're, you're a cyclops, Annabeth offered, a baby by the looks of him, probably why he couldn't get past the boundary line as easily as the bulls. Tyson's one of the homeless orphans. One of the what? They're in almost all the big cities, Annabeth said, distastefully. They are 
mistakes, Percy. Children of nature, spirits and gods. Well, one god in particular, usually. And they don't always come out right. No one wants them. They get tossed aside. They grow up wild on the streets. I don't know how this one found you, but he obviously likes you. We should take him to Shiron. Let him decide what to do. But the fire, how? He's a cyclops and a bit tossed as if she were remembering something unpleasant. They work in the forges of the gods. They have to be immune to fire. That's what I was trying to tell you. I was completely shocked. How had I never realized what Tyson was? But I didn't have much time to think about it. Just then, the whole side of the hill was burning. Wounded heroes needed attention. And there were still two banged up bronze bowls to dispose of, which I didn't figure would fit in our normal recycling bins. Clarice came back over and wiped the suit off her forehead. Jackson, if you can stand, get up. We need to carry the wounded back to the big house. Let Tantalus know what happened. Tantalus? I asked. The activities director, Clarice said impatiently. Sharon is the activities director. And where's Argus? He is head of security. He should be here. Clarice made a sour face. Argus got fired. You two have been gone too long. Things are changing. But Sharon, he's trained kids to fight monsters for over 3,000 years. He can't just be gone. What happened? That happened. Clarice snapped. She pointed to Thalia's tree. Every camper knew the story behind the tree. Six years ago, Groover, Annabeth and two other demigods named Thalia and Luke had come over to Camp Half-Blood, chased by an army of monsters. When they got cornered on top of this hill, Thalia, a daughter of Zeus, had made her last stand here to give her friends time to reach safety. As she was dying, her father Zeus took pity on her and changed her into a pine tree. Her spirit had reinforced the magic borders of the camp, protecting it from the monsters. The pine had been here ever since, strong and healthy. But now its needles were yellow. A huge pile of dead ones littered the base of the tree. In the center of the trunk, a meter from the ground was a puncture mark the size of a bullet hole, oozing green sap. A silver of ice ran through my chest. Now I understood why the camp was in danger. The magical borders were failing because Thalia's tree was dying. Someone had poisoned it.